Hello, hello, and welcome to the Dear Percival podcast, all about Danny Savarino, one of the characters in People of Bloomsbury by DJ Swales. Go get it now, go get it now, it's at Amazon! Yes. Right, this is episode six, which is Jemima and Jaquetta, part three. Right, if we're ready, let's make a start. It's a long story, said Mr. Bootle, but to cut it short... Jemima was summoned in a seance many years ago by the infamous Dark Lord Alistair Crowley. Guided by a particularly powerful grimoire that are located on the shelves of the bookshop that preceded the druid's eye on this very site. She's a ghost! A real ghost! I asked, incredulous, my legs numb. Yes, quite real, said Mr. Bootle. And not to be messed with, nor underestimated. Two sales assistants in the prior bookshop that existed in these premises were found stone cold. Their hearts stopped and their faces contorted in deadly ecstasy. Deadly ecstasy? I couldn't believe my ears. In the back of my mind, I realised that Mr. Bootle could make a fortune by inviting ghost hunter shows to confront Jemima. Yes, said Mr. Bootle, exhaling, tickled to death. Once a cruel and unusual punishment of the Ottoman Turks, you know? That's horrific! I didn't know such a thing was possible. Pins and needles are bad enough, I thought, as the sensation of a thousand biting ants spread up my leg. She would have claimed more lives, as she knows just where to tickle for maximum effect. Oh, what a torturous way to go! So there was another bookshop here. Yes, but it had a sinister history. Little spoken of. Perhaps covered up even, as one would with unusual murders in a basement. Hence, my parents were able to purchase the lease for a song when they stepped off the boat from India. They were optimists and believed that destiny had shone on them, even if the situation was slightly unorthodox. Slightly unorthodox, I'll say! Alistair and his cronies had tried to summon Beelzebub, but Jemima came through instead. She pretended to be Beelzebub as long as she could. As you heard, she's a better actress than Dame Judi Dench. When the ruse was discovered, Jemima stubbornly refused to go back where she came from. In fact, she told Alistair to stick the planchette where the sun doesn't shine. Hence, Jemima came with the premises, I murmured, still processing everything. Unfortunately so. At least... The landlord's family managed to have her forced back into the tiny room where she was first summoned and where she is now bound. By all accounts, it was a tough task, requiring all the holy water and black salt in Bloomsbury and crumpets for the priests, not Jemima. They only just managed to close the door on her. It's hardly bigger than a broom cupboard in there and it was bursting at the seams. What does she look like? I asked. Was she incredibly beautiful? A sight to tempt men to their doom? Quite the opposite, said Mr. Bootle. She was a great wobbly ball of slimy green ectoplasm, a huge malevolent blancmange. Her trickery is meant to lure people in, though, as she must receive an explicit invitation in order to escape. She awaits her next Alistair Crowley. So, the feared Alistair Crowley held ceremonies in his very space and summoned murderous spirits, I thought. My spine ran cold at his name. It's always the creepiest customers that ask for his books, especially those that started coming to the bookshop when we still had The Booth. 
one haunted-looking lady, an ex-Crowley groupie, told me how she tried to get rid of one of his books, but it kept coming back to her. The bin men bought it back after I threw it out, she said. The following week, a nosy neighbour did the same, a shifty sort, who I'd long suspected of rifling through my rubbish. He got quite angry when I didn't thank him for finding it. My interest in her stories diminished as she proceeded to waste two hours talking about Yorkshire's black dog of death, the Roswell UFO incident, and then a host of other conspiracy theories. Have you ever seen the comparison pictures of an elderly Barbara Bush and Alistair Crowley? She asked, as she left raising an eyebrow. The similarities are uncanny. With her words ringing in my ears, I explored several websites that revealed how Barbara Bush's heiress mother... George Bush's grandmother had been inseparable from Crowley one Paris summer when the city pulsed with young Americans like Ada Bricktop Smith, Ernest Hemingway and Josephine Baker. The partying suddenly stopped one day when the moneyed socialite quietly returned to America, some say with a swelling belly. Nine months later, Bonnie Barbara was born. The great Mrs. Garib is convinced that Jemima is the spirit of a formula Gangland Queen, said Mr. Bootle, referring to his clairvoyant tenant. She was a cold-hearted criminal buried here when this area was a notorious slum. London's underbelly eked out a living in what was called the Rookery of St. Giles, with criminals flocking like crows to exploit their despair. When Jemima wasn't running a flea-riddled hostel, she would slink from the Rookery in a number of disguises, Our hobby was robbing the rich. A female Robin Hood, I thought. A bandit queen. Here, in this basement. St Giles, I asked. Like the name of the local church, where I sometimes sit in the graveyard and play Sudoku? The very same, said Mr Boodle. The condemned would stop there for their last drink on the way to the Tyburn hanging tree. They supped from what was known as a St Giles's bowl. I believe he was from Provence, I said, having overheard a conversation about him once in a greasy spoon cafe. He must have been a lovely man. Can you imagine choosing to be the patron saint of lepers? Oh, if anyone needs a saint, it's lepers, says Mr. Bootle with impressive wisdom. What are you going to do about Jemima? I asked Mr. Bootle. Talk of a St. Giles's bowler had me feeling oddly thirsty. Nothing, he said with a laugh. Nothing at all. Jemima's presence gets me a fabulous discount from the landlord. I just have to promise never to let her out of a little room where she is forever bound. She'd tickle us to death if I did to think that I was about to release her. I arrived just in time. She's very persuasive, said Mr. Boodle in earnestness. She'd be an Oscar winner if Basement Ghosts was an award category, I joked, my limbs strengthening. Concern pooled in Mr. Botel's brown eyes as he examined my face. Then he smiled comfortingly. I'm sorry, you must have had some bad news, Danny. Jemima can only speak to those in emotional distress. Is it your missing parents? I nodded grimly before sharing the contents of the letter from Australia and how my latest hopes had been dashed. Remember that couple I spotted in the background of that random backpacker's beach shot in Bali? The one I was convinced was them? In matching lime green cut-off sweatpants? Yes, the police have confirmed them as retired school teachers from a place called Balina in New South Wales. Oh, no wonder Jemima called out to you, Mr Bootle said with a sigh. She smells your devastation. 
and then devastated my senses. My nostrils are still burning. It's terrible what she does sometimes, said Mr. Bootle. Go choose one of the essential oils. It's on the house. Sit down and sniff it for a while. There. Thank you. And that is the end of episode six. And that is the final part of Jemima and Jaquetta, which is all part of Danny Savarino's character in The People of Bloomsbury, the fabulous new novel by DJ Swales, available from Amazon right now. Go ahead, go ahead, download it, get it in your Kindle. Mm, Fabulous, fabulous. We shall return with episode seven very, very, very soon. So thank you for listening, dear listener, and we'll see you very soon. Thank you. Bye bye. (laughs) 